everyone has it. And your intuition is speaking to you, whether you know it or not. It's just, are you tuned to it? And are you slowing down enough? And do you have enough space in your life to listen? And then, you know, are you actually taking action on what you're hearing? And I always tell clients too, if they're newer to this, um, to just uh, take space and, and listen to it and then, you know, act on it in small ways. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Glover. This is a place for spiritual entrepreneurs to connect and share their voices. Join me as I talk with women who are harnessing the power of intuition, creativity, and trust in order to build authentic and purpose-driven businesses. It's time to lean into your own light as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your entrepreneurial spirit. Melina Cheris is an energetic coach who helps awakened healers, creatives, and entrepreneurs come home to themselves and own the magic within them. She uses a combination of energy work, human design, and coaching to help clients liberate themselves from limiting beliefs activate their higher selves, and learn to consciously create a life and business that feels fully aligned and authentic to them. And the first thing that I noticed about Melina is how she just radiates love from her voice to her words to, to your photographs. You, you just have that energy, Melina, that people cannot help but love you. Oh, Monique. What a beautiful intro. No, no, no crying. No crying. Oh my God, I know. I'm going to tear up. That was so sweet. Thank you. And it's so beautiful to hear just you reading my intro and your wonderful, your beautiful voice that I remember when we first got connected, I knew you were going to have a podcast and I'm just, oh, I'm so happy to, (laughs) that you're, you're realizing this dream and, and to be on it. I'm so appreciative. Thank you for having me. Yay, you are more than welcome. Should we should we tune the listeners into that conversation of what? Uh, I think it must have been more of a year ago when you told me. Yeah, yeah. I think we can have a podcast. And I think I might have laughed at you. I don't know how yeah. that went. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Melina. I know. I, know. I just got this uh, such an intuitive hit when I was messaging with you. And um, yeah, I'll also, to anyone listening, I... Monique and I got connected on Instagram through (laughs) our our mutual friend, Zoe, who was also amazing. And, um, and I did a a human design reading for her. I must've been, yeah, maybe like last, last year, summer or something. And um, we were just sending each other these long voice messages (laughs) when Instagram Instagram. cuts you off (laughs) when Instagram cuts you off. It was like nine (laughs) voice messages. And, uh, yeah, we just really, were so, I felt so instantly connected to you. And as we were talking, I don't even know what we were talking about, but as we were talking, I I felt so deeply, we must've been talking about podcasts. I had just started mine. I think when we were talking and and I just knew you were going to have one. And so it's beautiful to be here now and that you're, you're birthing this beautiful creation into the world. Yeah. You haven't even told me, I told you so once. 
That that's great. Look at that control. <laughs> Look at that control. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. And it's funny because um I like I, I'm really careful actually with with telling people like intuitive mm-hmm. hits that I get because I don't want anyone to feel like oh, this person said this, that me, like, because it's almost like a, it's almost like a, you can give your power away, especially in a spiritual when, you know, when, when you're spiritual and you are um, putting your faith in these, these things that you can't see, I do feel like that can be taken too far. And that, that can lead to, you know, just like blindly listening to people or saying, oh, you're going to be mm-hmm. doing this and you're going to be doing that. And it can take your agency away. And, um, I'm really careful actually with, with what I tell people, because I don't, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, Melina knows better than I do. Right. Or she's telling you this. And I just, I just am really careful of that. And that's something I think being a spiritual person that I'm, I'm always really looking out for. So it is something I remember being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share this with her. But of course, you know, if, if that doesn't happen for her, that's totally okay. And and so in this instance, I feel like it was good for you <laughs> to hear it. Yes, yes, yes. And it was good to have that reaction of like, yeah, not in your dreams. <laughs> yeah. But of course it's like, you know, I get, I, 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 I consider myself very intuitive, but I'm, I'm really careful again. Yeah. With like, I don't want to be telling people these things. And, and if, if I feel invited, mm-hmm. which I felt with you and I felt this trust and I felt this connection to share that with you. But of course the caveat being like, this is just my feeling that, and, and you have sovereignty over yes. whatever you do. <laughs> yes. This doesn't mean that, no, you know, I, no, I know no, what's no. best for you or this is going to happen tomorrow. I mean, look, exactly. it was almost a year, right? Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't even on my mind for a long time. So, right. Yeah. It, it just always amazes me. I'm like, look at how the universe works. And it sure does have a sense of humor because mm-hmm. there was no way I was going to start a podcast and ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> Uh, yeah well I remember thinking your voice was so beautiful like you really you really have a very special energy in your voice that um it was again it was beautiful to begin to connect with you over voice notes and I love voice notes on Instagram too Mm -hmm. and it's one of the reasons I have a podcast because I just feel like when you know, without even seeing someone hearing their voice is so intimate and yes, conveys such a deep energy yes. know, in itself. And so, and I just, I think that was what I was feeling with you was this strong energy in your voice. And I was just thinking and feeling like, oh, this would be really beautiful for her to share. There was a lot of healing and personal growth that mm-hmm. I had to do, which is why I think at the time I said, there's yeah. no way that I wanted to go back to writing because writing was safe. Speaking was not. And even kind of doing some solo work, testing out my mic and everything. I just kept on like getting a tickle down my throat and coughing. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like my throat chakra is getting (laughs) one heck of a workout here. Um, So I, I think it was something that I definitely had to work up to. (laughs) Yeah. As do we all. I mean, absolutely. Like with any new creation and that's a big piece of what I do and what I help clients with and what I'm so passionate about. I was just talking to someone earlier today and she was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, 
you know, I, I think a big, and what was coming to me was like, I help women birth and create what they want to birth and create. And just, just following these beautiful cycles of creation, because so much comes up when you're sharing yourself and when you're creating something that is from your heart, there's so much shit that comes up, you know, there's so much fear and self doubt and, um, but the world really needs your creations. And, and that's why I'm so happy you're putting this out and, um, the world needs it. The world needs all of our voices. And so, but sometimes you need help, you know, navigating, Mm-hmm. how do I put this out? Or, you know what I mean? Sometimes you need that support and that's where I come in. And and that's what I really love, you know, to help women with. Um, so creation just, yeah, it's such a beautiful process and, uh, but so much comes up, <laughs> yes. whether it's a business, a podcast, a blog, a, a book. I mean, anything really, a, a child, all of the above, like there's so many creation is not just content creation too, right? It's not like I have creation is, is we're always creating all the time. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> and that's so beautiful to use it in that way. And that type of metaphor, cause I'm sitting here thinking you're a doula for, entrepreneurs like this is why you were meant to have support during the birth process and oh my goodness you weren't meant to do this alone (laughs) as an entrepreneur either yeah absolutely and I think that there are you know beautiful times not to do it fully alone but to because I think community is so beautiful and important and I would I'm so grateful for all of the people I've met through, you know, just having an online business and through just deciding one day to really start putting my story out there. Um, and for me, it started with writing and like you, that's, that's really a comfort zone for me. I've always been a writer and, um, putting it out in a blog, but you know, even that was so scary and and sharing my struggles with anxiety and, you know, just being really vulnerable online. But I remember when it was like, you've got to just stop hiding and you've got to just start putting your true self out and, and trust that the people who are meant for you are going to find you. And so that's been, you know, just, just the amount the people that I've attracted and, you know, like you and all so many other amazing people that I'm now friends with, because I've just put my voice out there online is incredible. Um, but you know, in terms of, having someone help you birth, you know, there are beautiful times to have that support. And then there are times to kind of go in your cocoon and, and, and do it on your own. Um, and that's been a big part of my journey too, because I think another thing that can happen in the business entrepreneurial space is that there can be an over-reliance on, I need a coach. I need, you know, looking outside of yourself. And so I think when you are ready to work with someone First of all, you will know and tuning into your own internal guidance system is key. And it's not, oh, I need to go look for the right person. Who is it going to be? The person will absolutely come to you. Like it'll, that person will just be there and it'll just feel right. But really being, you know, not secure, but really being um, just very aware of why am I, why am I going to this person? Because I think they're going to um, they're going to give me the answers, or because I feel like I can't do it without them, or am I going to this person because I I feel like 
you know, this person is going to um, help me mirror, you know, maybe some blind spots or they're going to help just hold space and support me um, through some of this, this energetic release. You know, there's very different and subtle energetics there, but I think um, that's important too, is there are beautiful times to have when you need that support um, and you're still sovereign in yourself and you're not again, looking to someone to give you the answers, but you're just like, no, this person I really resonate with. And, you know, I can tell they're going to help me birth this next version of myself versus like, I can't do it. You know, I need, I need this course. I need, you know, which I, where I have been there a lot. So I speak from personal experience. Yes. Out of that fear of, well, I need to do this in this course. Right. And this is a webinar or else I'm not going to know what I'm doing. And I mean, and just like everything in life, no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) Everyone is following, you know, someone else's and we're just all, we're all figuring it out. It just, uh, I think, especially with social media, there's this illusion of that everyone has it together and no one has it together. Even the people with teams, they have teams working with them. Oh my God. I know. I remind people of that all the time. And I remind myself because yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I've come on such a journey with that too. And, and, you know, kind of starting my business so much more, and you and I have talked about this a lot, but in that, in that kind of distorted masculine energy of, you know, I need to push and I need to do, 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 and I need to be in all the platforms and, you know, as a projector, um, and we've talked a little bit about human design, but yeah. Tell me more about human design. Human design is, um, it's similar to astrology is kind of what I tell people who have never heard of it. It's basically, um, you know, another way of understanding yourself and your energy. And, and it's, so it's, you get a chart based on the moment you were born, similarly to astrology and astrology has a piece in it, but it's also, there's also the Kabbalah and the I Ching. There's like other kind of, um, things weaved into it, but it's based, you know, on where the planets were when you were born. And then you get, a lot of things in your chart. And, and part of what I do is, is, uh, read human design charts. Um, but it gives you your energy type. And what I love about human design, that's different than astrology. And it's different than anything I found is that it's really about, you know, w- how your energy works through you and that we're all so different. And yeah, as a projector, um, that's one of the five energy types. It's, um, I, I have generally like less energy reserves. So it's, so for me in the beginning of my business, trying to do all of these things that weren't aligned really exhausted me and it was getting me nowhere. Right. And I didn't feel good about it. And so kind of having this revolution, this feminine (laughs) embracing my divine (laughs) feminine, um, really letting go of, I need to do this to get this right. I need to do, need to be on Instagram all the time to get clients, like releasing that and just, kind of surrendering into the void and just really feeling intuitively and going inside what, what do I feel really lit up about and releasing all the rest and just trusting again, kind of figuring out my own way of doing business that feels really good to me and honoring who I am as a projector, you know, with this more limited energy and you as a reflector, which is so fun to read your chart when when I (laughs) chart because reflectors are 1% of the population people so Monique is 
extremely unique. <laughs> I remember you telling me this and being like, I don't, I don't want to be this. Can I be the person with all the energy? Right. <laughs> like that sounds better. <laughs> right. I've totally had those moments too. Cause our culture is not set up for us. Like, no. so yeah, in human design, there's the, the, the ones that have the most energy or generators and manifesting generators, which are actually 60% of the population together. And they have, they have what's, what makes them those energy types is that they have one of their nine energy centers. So there's nine kind of like the chakras, but there's nine and they have their sacral center, which is, you know, the center of work and life in that life force energy. They have that defined, meaning that they have more of a consistent access to that. Whereas projectors, reflectors, and manifestors do not have that defined. It's, it's open or it's undefined, meaning that, you know, it's not that we don't ever have energy, but we tend to have it more in bursts. Um, and we tend to burn out more easily because we think, because our society is so set up for go, 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 always having energy, pushing through 12 hour days, multitasking all the things, right. You're never doing enough, like coming from this place of lack and scarcity and I need to do more and I need to achieve more. Um, so yeah, it's, of course, you know, I've had those moments too, where I'm like, oh, I wish I just was a generator or a manifesting generator. And my husband's a generator. My mom is a, a manifesting generator. I have a lot of that in my life. And I'm just like, damn, I wish, I wish I could do that sometimes. But I think not being able to do that and releasing some of the shame around that, because I'm sure you relate, Monique, that there's shame yeah. around why can't I do as much? <laughs> <laughs> and the blame that there's been so many times that I blame mm -hmm. myself, my body. Why do I feel tired? Why, why can't I keep up right away? What's wrong with me, right? It's not, it's like, I should be like these other 60%, right? <laughs> that you think right away, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do these things that all these other people are doing without burning out? Until you realize, like, it's so eye-opening, right? You're like, oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, rather than looking at what's wrong with society that I <laughs> that I can't, you know, that I have to, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. you. It's what's, how is our society set up? And yeah, I feel like releasing the shame, and, and that's a big part of why I love human design, is that it's, especially for non-sacral types, it, it's very validating, you know, yes. anyone who doesn't have a sacral and really for any type, but especially for those of us who don't have that energy within us as much. It's like, for me, it felt like coming home and it felt like a breath of relief and it felt so validating, like, okay, I'm not supposed to really have a full-time 40 hour a week job, you know, <laughs> like I, cause that was really hard too. And I had a lot of shame when I did have a nine to five, um, that I couldn't work eight hours straight. I was just like sitting at my desk and it was a very strict before COVID, you know, very strict, like sit in your butt is from eight to four 30. Yeah. And, uh, I eat was at your like, desk, right? Like don't right. get up to pee. Like if you really have to, <laughs> but well, yeah. Right? And it was like, and it was like looking around at people in my office, like seeming to be working those entire eight hours. I'm like, I don't know how to, I struggled with that a lot. I was like, I have to take breaks. Like I cannot, I cannot just sit here. And there were lots of times where I was like, I wanted a more flexible job because I was like, I, I just don't have the mental capacity right now to do this. And if I could just go take a break for like three hours, maybe I could come back to it. But just that's one thing I love about 
working for myself. I mean, number one is that I am in charge of my day, you know, to the, to as much as I can, I I have clients during the day, but like, I don't, I'm not packing in clients. I'm very, I have very set boundaries and I I've discovered what works for me. And I'm like, I cannot do more than like two or three things kind of per day. And I need a hour or two break in between. And it's beautiful that I get to dictate that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And it's one thing I love about being an entrepreneur for sure is being able to really manage my own energy. And I love how you really honor that too, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, I mean, me included coming from the corporate world, even when you start your own business, you structure it the same. And I find, especially when you're doing energy work and you're tapping into intuition, it drains you even more. So you can't be sitting there taking client after client for, you know, your eight, 10, 12 hours a day because you're just going to burn yourself out. Yep. Exactly. Was there something that prompted you to go into entrepreneurship? Was it something that you always thought about or was that, was that structure just not working for you to the point that you had enough of it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. Um, entrepreneurship is never something I would, I thought I would do, which is strange because both my parents are kind of entrepreneurs in their own way. My mom actually legit is, she has her own, she's actually an intuitive energy healer. So she's full on spiritual healer, um, and has had her own business where she works with clients, uh, since I was four or five. So she worked from home and she's, she's always done it remotely. So she does it over the phone. And so that was wonderful growing up because I'm really close to her and she was always home. You know, she had clients, but she also wouldn't do more than like three or four a day. Although again, she's a manifesting generator. So so sometimes she has five clients in a day and I'm like, no way (laughs) she'll do like back to back. I'm like, I don't know how you, I could never do that. Um, but she, you know, even then that's only work. She would only be working really like three or four or five hours a day. And so she'd be able to pick me up from school and was home if there was an emergency. And, um, that was always amazing. And so I did grow up, um, and she mostly supported us as well. Um, cause her and my dad were divorced when I was young. So she made the money and she had her own business and it's still super successful. <laughs> she did it her um, way, right? <laughs> yeah. And she did it her way. She, her business also, she's like my idol because her business is entirely word of mouth. She does not, she's not on, I mean, she's older, of course, but she's not on Instagram. She's not on Facebook. You know, she has a website, but like, that's literally it. And it's all word of mouth. And she's so good that, you know, she, that's how she gets clients. And I'm like, I really want to be you when I grow up, mom. <laughs> Yeah. And so, so yeah, funnily enough. Um, yeah. So I grew up with around that, but, and then my dad completely different, but he, he's a financial advisor. And so he had to also though, he actually switched careers when I was about 10. And so he was in his forties and kind of struggled for a while. And, and basically you have to, uh, build your clientele in that industry as well from the ground up. And, uh, he was very, you know, everyone else he was, he would tell me later, you know, was in their twenties and he felt so old and, um, and legit again, built this business over the past 15, you know, 20 years, um, and now is very successful. So I have both, they both have a very entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, uh, to use the name of your show, (laughs) which I love. Um, 
Yeah. In very different ways. And so I grew up with that, but like, I never, I never thought about having my own business. And I think that mainly was because I had really no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I just, I, I wouldn't have even known what my business was. And I also think business was turning, it turned me off. Like I was an English major, psychology minor. I love, I love humans and the mind and the brain and writing and like, you know, business was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to my business classes. Like <laughs> I actually boring. took the business. I was going to minor in business because there was a hot tech <laughs> where I was like, I should like do something practical. I'm literally an English major. And then I took one business class and I was like, this is terrible. Oh, it was like an organizational like leadership class. I don't, it's such a, it's such a masculine and also just limited view of business. You know, if I had known you can have a coaching business where, you know, you deep, you go really deep with people and you help them. Like I was saying, birth these beautiful creations and, and run their business in an aligned way. You know, if you told me that I would have been into it probably, but you know, but at the time anyone it was like, teaches that, right? No, at least not really level. It's like, not okay, at the university you, level. Yeah, no, exactly. if you want structure, you go, you know, into business and accounting or law. And if you know, you want to use your creativity, then you have to go into the arts. It's like, black and white, right? It's one or the other that you can't, you can't weave both of them together. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Which is so not true. And, no, and no. so, yeah, I think we totally, there's like these limited paths that you can kind of see. Um, and so, yeah, so I never really planned on having a business. Um, and the idea kind of, I, I felt what happened was I felt a very deep, knowing when I, when I finally learned about coaching, um, and what I, cause I did not even know, you know, after graduating college and like bumbling around and trying to figure out what do I want to do and kind of going from career to career and, and really not finding alignment, not finding joy in what I was doing. I was at a nine to five, like I mentioned, um, and that was just exhausting. <laughs> like every job I did was exhausting and I'm like, something has to not be exhausting. Right. Um, and I didn't know what that was. And then when I was in that nine to five, one day I literally just, what was funny. I, um, I was like, you were saying, you know, very structured. I had just actually gone to graduate school and I was like, there's this ladder, you know, this ladder you're climbing. And, um, and I I had everything mapped out and I was going to go back actually and get my, uh, my doctorate. That was my plan in education. That's where I was kind of working in the field. I was working, um, education, higher education administration. And, um, I was, but I remember being, (laughs) I remember reading this book, um, like how to get the most things done or something in the week and like scheduling your, your day out by like five minute increments, because I'm like thinking here, like, how am I going to work full time and be in school full time? Because when you get your your doctorate, uh, you're in you're working full time and you're in school full time. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, this sounds terrible. But I, but I was like, this is what I have to do in this career path, right? Like, unfortunately, in in the career path I was in, you really couldn't move up unless you had your doctorate. And I was also like, how am I going to pay for this? You know, like this is 80,000 more dollars plus I was still in debt. I still am now with student loans. And I, it just, none of it was yeah, making any sense. Yeah. None of it was making any sense. And I was, it was like forcing, that's the best way I can describe it. It was like forcing 
this path on myself. And I'll never forget one day. And I have no idea why just this idea came into my head and it was absolutely spirit. Absolutely. You know, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it, um, this divine intervention, it was like saying to me so clearly, you don't have to go down this path. You don't have to go down this path. Wow. Wow. And I was like, (laughs) I don't, you know, and it was like, like, Oh, (laughs) it was like, Oh my God. And it was like, it was like, you could, you could go, you could work in a different industry. That's what it was at the time. There was was no, like, have your own business. I didn't even know about that. It was like, you could just go get a different job. Like, why are you, you don't have to get your doctorate. And I was like, so relieved that I had even had this thought because it wasn't even a thought that it occurred to me, honestly. And I was miserably again, trying to just figure out like my life, like it was this equation and a step-by-step thing and make everything work when it was not working. And that's then what that, you're taught. You're right. Taught exactly. You that's what you're supposed you, to want. Yeah. You follow your path and you do exactly that by step and it's easy, except when it's not and you're miserable. Right. Yeah. And that, and I was, I was miserable. I was miserable. And, um, I was so sad that I was miserable because I just spent all this money in my degree and I was in this supposed, supposed to be a dream job. And I was like, just so miserable. And a part of that was also, um, this creative, like, what's the word, like this creative dry spell and this kind of creative desert that I was in. I hadn't been writing for a really long time. Um, again, cause I was just nose to the grindstone working, working, hustling ever since I graduated from college, I was like so busy and exhausted and working, working, working. And, um, yeah, there was no room and there was no space for, flow and creativity and just expression. And I was really missing that. And so along with that little ping, I got that I don't have to do this career. Another ping I got was you should start a blog. And I was like, Oh, what? Okay. Like that was, I didn't know anyone doing that. I also have no idea where that came from. I guess I did. There were some blogs I I did read, um, but they were all like DIY, like home decor. Like it wasn't, that's what I thought blogs were. I didn't even know that you could blog about, you know, personal growth and mental health and spirituality and all that stuff. I, I had no idea. And so then when I kind of spent some time feeling into that and looking into it, I, I, it was like so much opened up. I was like, Oh my God, there's other people talking about this. And there's, I can, <laughs> what? Yeah. And so I, I like quickly got like a website together and it was, I was like, my soul was on fire, like fire. I never felt anything like it really. And Amazing. yeah. And, and I knew because that intense feeling I had that this was, I didn't know where it was going, but I was like, this is, really a lot. Like for the first time, I follow it. Yeah. For the (laughs) first time I was like, Whoa, okay. This is what it means to be aligned. And from before that point, I had really been making all my decisions based on logic, based on what Mm -hmm. I thought I should do based on my mind, like thinking. And I, there wasn't any space for that bodily intuition knowing. And that was the first time where that just like broke through and was like, stop what you're doing. You're, this is not what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Like, thank God, thank God. And it's been a crazy ass journey since then. But, um, yeah, so I started a blog and through blogging, I got, you know, I started sharing my voice and it was really scary, but you know, I started getting connected with awesome people. And a couple of those people were coaches. And I remember too, when I 
heard about coaching, I was like, what is that? I need to do that. <laughs> that is what I need to do. I don't know what it is, but it just, it, it hits in all the right places. Yes. Right? It was so yeah. resonant. It was so deeply resonant. And it's funny too, because, you know, I, a therapy was something I was exploring for a bit, like becoming a therapist. Um, I minored in psychology and, but that never felt right either. And I have a lot of therapists actually in my family too, and psychologists and psychiatrists and all that sort of stuff. And, um, nothing appealed to me about that either. It was like, I, I didn't want to work with people necessarily who are in crisis or, you know, I, and I also was real thinking like, I can't sit with six or seven clients a day and process trauma. Like that sounded exhausting. I was like, I don't think I could do that. Um, do you imagine that would no, drain you? No. And some be. people totally can do that and they love yes. it. I have, again, my stepdad is actually a marriage and family therapist who sees like six or seven clients a day and he's a manifesting generator. So there you go. Um, and you're like, of course, of course you can handle it. <laughs> this is, this is why. Yeah, exactly. And I just knew that wasn't for me either. So when I heard about coaching, it was like this just deep resonance and knowing that, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so everything kind of unfolded from there. And so here I am. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And do you feel having the influence of your mother from a young age and seeing her work and kind of all the spiritual practices that she had going, did that help you kind of develop that intuition early off? Did, did you always have it? Were there times where... I mean, obviously you, you can ever, anyone can ignore it. You can develop it and then just oh, yeah. kind of put your head down and try and pursue it. But when it came to you, was it like, oh, okay, I know what this feels like. <laughs> That's a great question. And the answer is yes, of course. Um, you know, my mom raised me like, like to trust it. And what's funny is even if you have wonderful parents, and of course I had, you know, my fair share of childhood trauma as well, but um, you know, even if you have, have wonderful parents who are trying to, who are leading by example, who are spiritual and, or what, whatever, and they're instilling all these things in you, you can still ignore them exactly like you said. And I was like, basically on a bender to ignore my mom until recently. <laughs> like I was like, I Most honestly, teenagers exactly, and, young adults, exactly. Right? <laughs> and I was so close with her. So it's funny, but I never, someone was just, one of my clients was just asking me, you know, you know, were you always spiritual? And what was that like? And I really wasn't, I was very, again, that kind of distorted masculine. Like I just had my nose to the grindstone is really the best way I can think of it. And I just, I've always, I was always really obsessed with achievement and perfectionism. And that was just my driving force for a really long time. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a long time until I kind of, I started seeing how that was hurting me you know what I mean? Like just how I think once I graduated college, I, I had a really strong period of anxiety and, uh, that came from being burnt out, not listening to my intuition, listening to fear, you know, only using logic. Um, and so I think when, when those things would start to happen, it's like your body trying to communicate with you, right? Like sometimes physical ways are the only way your, your body can communicate with you. And, so after some of those things where I would just ignore my intuition and it would turn out terribly and it would just feel really bad, um, I started to kind of be like, okay, maybe I should trust this a little more. And it was after many, many, many of those occurrences where I started to 
experiment with, yeah, trusting myself, listening to myself, meditating, you know, all of that stuff, just making space to listen to myself and all those practices and just feeling and seeing how those were so helpful, I think really, yeah, primed me for when I did hear that voice to really listen to it. And honestly, I was so miserable in that job. And I was also miserable thinking about my future and how I was going to continue on this path that like, I just, it was like so much relief. And and it was like, I, it wasn't something I could even ignore because it was so strong. And it was just this very clear, you don't have to stay on this path and you also need to start sharing your voice. And um, it's beautiful that it was so clear because the divine does not uh, always speak to you in that way. <laughs> no. Well, and you think uh, like the way you talk about your anxiety and I mean, we've talked about our shared experiences and with anxiety to the point that I look at it now of, like you said, you're ignoring it for so long mm-hmm. that your body is literally shouting at you yep. and you are still ignoring it. <laughs> right. And uh, It's like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get through to this person so that it came to you so clearly? And those words you use that it just, it set your soul on fire. Why, why would you want to go back? You like, I could have to be miserable or I could feel like my soul is on fire. Like (laughs) it's easy, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's easy. And also it's not, of course. I mean, then, then it brought about a terrifying journey of like, there was honestly a grief process too. There was, I remember distinctly slowly starting to realize, oh shoot, I'm actually going to change careers. And that was terrifying. Cause again, I had just graduated grad school. I had this plan. I had a job like I had, and I just started my job. So I was like, how am I going to leave this job that I just started? And it was a while of course, before I left because everything is slow and, you know, needs to be slow. Um, and, and, you know, not everything has to be like immediate, but there was an immediate desire to, to leave. And, but it was also really scary to make that huge shift after I'd spent so much time and energy into thinking that this one career is what I wanted to do. And so there was a grief process there of this isn't what I, you know, letting go of that and letting go of this future I had planned and kind of stepping into the unknown, because that's the thing is, business is so unknown. There's no plan. (laughs) You can try to make a plan, but you know, there really isn't one. And especially, you know, as, as you know, well, also there's so much you can't control and there's no, there's not really a ladder and there's, there's people will tell you there's an instruction manual, but it's probably not going to work for you or it's not going to feel good. So you got to figure out how to do it on your own and, and what feels good to you. One instruction manual isn't, it's not like the, the manual for every human. No, it can't <laughs> right? be. We're all so different. We bring such different, um, backgrounds and experiences. Sense, yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there was guilt around that? Cause I've, I've talked to people in similar experiences where, you spent all this time and money, right? Getting these degrees and it's like this guilt of, well, I can't abandon it instead of looking at it as, okay, it was a growing experience. It's like this reluctancy to let it go because you invested so much in it. And like, how can I leave it? How can I have this debt and not even be 
you know, not even using my degree. Like I feel like lots of people have this hesitation of, no, I, I spent the time and the money. So now I'm, I'm stuck with this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely had guilt, but at the same time, like you said, my soul was on fire. There's no going back. So <laughs> like, I just could not, I, once I felt that true alignment, it was such a deep body knowing that I, I also knew that if I ignored it, I would probably get sick or I would have a lot of anxiety again. And I, I, I had already spent time ignoring it and doing that. And I wasn't trying to do that again. Um, so I just, there was no, yes, there was definitely guilt. There was stuff to work through. I'm also extremely grateful that my husband and my parents were supportive of it. Um, because a lot of people don't have that. And, and on top of your own doubt, there's people being like, don't start your own business. That's not going to work out. Like, or yeah, like you've already spent so much money. Right. A lot of that in the world. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And so, um, so yeah, I'm really lucky that, you know, of course there were people that had opinions on it, but the people that I cared about the most were supportive. Um, and that was really, that meant everything to me and, and was really helpful too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really scary to feel like I'm kind of leaping into the unknown. And I'll also never forget the first day after quitting my nine to five, just, just being like, so like thrilled, but scared. And just that feeling, what, of, did, I do? what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like right. shit, there's literally no going back at this point. And, um, it was, it was a wild feeling. Um, but I'm so grateful that, you know, I found what, what I really, what lights me up. And, and again, there's so many challenges and, and really difficult parts of entrepreneurship that I also think aren't talked about enough. And it's not all, yay, work for myself. Like you mentioned too, you can really easily bring that corporate go, go, go mindset into your business. And a lot of people do. And, you know, I was also kind of doing that in the beginning um, for sure. And so I think, you know, running your own business is so beautiful, but also requires a lot of boundaries, requires a lot of self-awareness, requires a lot of uh, willingness to go within and requires a lot of um, you really just figuring out and honoring what works for you and not just ignoring your body and overriding <laughs> your intuition. Because I think you can see it working the opposite. I mean, in in our family, I can see examples that we have a family that have been doing business and growing up with business owners, but it's the opposite where it's not that freedom and finding the balance. It's you're giving your life and your soul and you're just grinding and and you become miserable, just as miserable as you would be sitting in a cubicle all day because again, there's no there's no balance. It's just uh, that same burnout, whether it's entrepreneurship or you're you're working for someone else, it's it it still can happen <laughs> if you're not trusting that inner guidance system, right? Because I've, I've seen tons, there's tons of entrepreneurs or they're not, they're doing what they think they should do and what they think should be making the money. And it's no different than if they were working for someone else doing the same thing. Exactly. You can easily get into that. And then I feel like when you're working for yourself, it's, it's more pressure even because 
you know, you're the one in charge of it. And so it can easily feel like it's all on you and I'm the only one doing it. And, you know, I have to just keep going because it all rests on me. And, you know, no one is there to tell you to go home. If, you know, if you have a good boss, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was like, yes. there are wonderful bosses and absolutely wonderful places to work for sure. Um, and so, and some people really love that kind of separation and love that someone's like, Hey, go home, stop working. You know, you don't have that. You really, being your own boss is, is wonderful, but also requires a lot. And, um, like you were saying, there is this dominant narrative of, if you want to have a business, you have to work all these hours, you know, like you have to just put in all the time and, and make the, have the late nights. And there's so much out there. And when I was kind of entering the online business space, um, I was really drawn to women, um, doing this kind of work and starting their own businesses, but there's still a lot of masculine energy there, right? So masculine energy is within all genders, men, women, all across the spectrum. It's not, it's not a gendered thing. It's, we all have both of these energies within us. And so I was drawn to these to, to women, but they were like very masculine women, you know? And of course, because that is our culture. We live in a patriarchal culture, um, in Western culture. So that's in all of us. It's whether we know it or not. And so it was still like, yeah, you're the late nights and this and that. And um, there's so much of that narrative that it's so important, you know, this podcast and, and people sharing that there are different ways of doing business. Like you, you don't have to do it that way and you can still make money, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, you don't have to, want a million dollar company too. That's the other thing. You know, you like a lot of coaches are like, I have six figures and now I'm making multiple and I'm going to have a giant team. And if that is what you want, great. But it is, there's also this narrative of like, that's what you're supposed to want. And that took me a while to unhook from too was, was cause that's again, the narrative I saw was that's just growing, growing, growing and money, money, money. And it just did not resonate. And so I think it's so important to have these um, examples of people doing business differently because there are, we do exist. There aren't a ton of us. And so I think it's even more important that we are sharing this message um, because there are different ways of doing it that don't require you to burn out, that don't require you to work tons of hours. Like, you know, of, and of course, if you're working on a project and, and it's like wanting to really birth through you and you are up in the middle of the night working on it, that has happened to me. Like I'm literally trying to sleep and then I get these downloads and I, I just write all this <laughs> stuff down. I'm like, all right, like that is different than, you know, oh, I got it's 3 a.m. <laughs> and I'm still working and I got to get this newsletter and I should, 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 you know, I'm always helping clients with where do you, where are you shoulding? all over yourself, right? Like where, <laughs> I like where, that where you shooting. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are you saying I should do this? I should do that. I should, you know, cause there's always, that's the other thing with having your own business. There's always more you can quote unquote be doing right. And so resting is even, can be even harder because it's like, well, again, the pressure is on you and well, I could be doing this and I, I should be doing that. And so really I invite everyone listening to this too. you know, take a moment and just really reflect on um, where are you, where do you mostly say I should be? Or I, 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 you know what I mean? Like where, where are you putting that on yourself and try to just release that as much as you can. That's a big thing I've been working on in my own entrepreneurial journey, really allowing myself deep rest 
um, and that space to rest because that's part of the creative cycle. It's a cycle. It's not a linear go, 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 grow, 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 grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or create, create all the time. Well, you're not giving birth all the time, right? It's not no, like, oh, you need to rest. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's a cycle. So really that's one area that I help clients kind of look at too, is like, where are you putting this pressure? Where is this coming from? Where can you release it so that you can actually, you know, have space and have this, this, space to be with yourself and to actually hear your intuition. Cause that's another thing that we've kind of touched on is we're not taught to listen to it. We're taught to use our mind only, uh, make decisions based on logic. And again, I'm not here to say that logic is bad because it is beautiful and our minds are incredible and so important, but they're really here to be used with our bodies and with our intuition. And we all are intuitive. I firmly believe that we're all intuitive it's just kind of like a radio that kind of gets, or like an instrument that gets out of tune and you have to tune it back up. Right. And, and it just gets out of tune. Cause we don't, we're not with sitting in the corner. Um, yes. It's not like, Oh, this person has this, you know, special ability and I don't have it. It's like, no, everyone is capable. Yes. Everyone has it. it. And your intuition is speaking to you, whether you know it or not, it's just, are you tuned to it? And are you slowing down enough and do you have enough space in your life to listen? And then, you know, are you actually taking action on what you're hearing? And I always tell clients too, if they're newer to this, um, to just uh, take space and and listen to it and then, you know, act on it in small ways. Like I had a, a friend who was telling me that she, it was scary for her, but she, there was this one week where her intuition, she was going to schedule something and her, her intuition said, don't schedule this thing on that day, like leave this day open. And she had no idea why. And she did it. And then some health thing ended up coming up like the day before. And then the next day she was able to go to the doctor because she needed to like immediately get it figured out. And she had that space in her schedule and and space to rest afterwards. And that was such a beautiful story. And I remember thinking, she, she told me about it and she was like, I'm really proud of myself. And I'm like, yes, yes. I'm so proud of you because that's exactly, it can be those small things, you know, like even just taking some space. If you have time in your day, which hopefully you do, you know, an hour or two or even 30 minutes in your day. And instead of just like rushing to fill it with TV or texting people or social media, like putting everything away and just breathing and tuning into your body and asking your body what it wants to do. Like that simple. And I've practiced with that a lot. And it was like so revolutionary in the beginning. And, and sometimes my body would be like, I want to go to the park and lay in the grass. And I'd be like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, and then I do it and it was great, but like, I was so not amazing. Yeah. Just like little things like that are like, or it'll be like, go, I want to take a walk or I want to take a bath or, and sometimes I'm like, it's like 2 PM. I I can't really be doing these things, you know, like I'm supposed to be working, (laughs) whatever, but it's like, the more I just allow myself to follow that, the better it is. And, and I think just the more joy I feel too. And that's really the point of all this. It's not to make a ton of money. It's not to have all these accolades. It's to feel joy, deep joy. I love that. I love that. And that you can, you can build your life around joy and taking baths at 2 p.m. Because why not? You're talking about North American culture and you look, there's so many other cultures in the world that take big breaks in the afternoon, that take naps, that space things out, that 
I think it's something that's very scary for us. I know it was scary for me to make space because we're so used to just go, 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 that it it's like you're scared to be with yourself. Like I, I need to fill my space. And like you said, there's always something, right? There's your phone, there's Netflix. I remember listening to, I believe it was an author on creativity and they were talking about like, you know, those moments where you're just sitting with your coffee and people watching and that creative inspiration, that intuition, right? That, that that kind of messaging from the universe comes in and you get, you know, this hit for your next book that we don't have that anymore because when you have that moment or even standing in line at the grocery store, you're on your phone and you're checking emails and you're texting and you're, you're filling that space with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so important to to have that space and and it's a practice, right? Especially like you said in western, you know, North American culture where that's not we don't see that a lot. We're not taught that that's important. Um we're taught that achievement and filling your day and being busy is is important and so it's actively going against that and so it does take more um intention, but I absolutely think it is possible. And I think it's so key, um, especially if you want to live, you know, a creative life like I know we do and and anyone in business is. You're living a creative life if you're in business, <laughs> period. No matter what your business is, you are creating. And you can't create on a schedule. You can't no. you can't create on demand. You need to, you need to leave room for that ebb and flow. There, there's no forced creativity. That's right. Not, I mean, you can, but I, I truly feel like that's going to be felt and it's not fully authentic. Um, and creation is the mystery. It's like trusting the mystery and a process of surrendering. And yeah, you never exactly like you said, you never know when, when inspiration is going to strike and when you're going to, when things are going to come through. And so, um, yeah, it's about, and that could that could really happen when you're just following your joy and just playing or running around in the sun or, you know, like it could come at any moment. But I do think when we are relaxed and when we're honoring our body um, and when we're tuned in with ourselves, it's it's much more it's going to flow through. But there are those period, you, you know, there's a period of rest and it's okay that nothing is coming through. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That does something's not your creativity is not broken. Right. Exactly. It's that fear. <laughs> the, like, it's never going to come yeah. back. Yeah. Yes. That's totally. Yeah. Trusting in those fallow periods tr- too, you know, like it's, those are important as well. Those are a part of the creative process. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean that your creativity is gone. Um, and, and trusting that it's, it's going to come back and flow through it's yeah. It's trusting the mystery really. Yeah. And I think it's even harder to trust during those periods. Cause it, it, it's great when you get the validation or the creativity comes flowing, but when nothing is flowing, it's like, what, that's when the doubts can creep in. I'm like, what am I doing? That's when it's, it's more, I, I think more important and harder to to trust and to dedicate yourself to trusting and surrendering. And I mean, even just looking at children, how often they, they go with that flow and you look at how much creativity and joy that they have flowing 
through them constantly. I think because they have that process naturally, they just have it down, right? And then it's beaten out of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Right? I know. Yeah, oh. no, that's absolutely right. Just children don't have this, oh, I shouldn't, I need to be doing this, this working on this thing and I can't be in my joy. They just want to, they follow their joy and they want to be yes. in their joy and they feel like they deserve that. And somewhere along the way, we lose that, <laughs> which is and so And then we sad. get miserable, right? And then we seek it again. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's, this whole journey is really a process of remembering, right? It's like yes. coming back to it. it. It's 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 not that it left you. It's just it gets buried under the stuff and then we just forget. And so it's like this beautiful process of remembering. Oh, I love that. And I want to ask you what – one final question. What – So what would be your advice if you had a friend come to you that, that was scared to take that leap? Like we talked about that it can be terrifying when you're not used to trusting your intuition, when, when it's ingrained in you that your logic is the right answer. What would you tell someone who might be getting these inklings or, is just really miserable in their current position and and they want to try out entrepreneurship but that thought terrifies them what would be that next step that you would tell them that they should act on well i think that firstly that's going to be super different for every person and um it's it's again a process of just tuning in. And like I said, following those small nudges. So it doesn't mean if you're, if you're in a job you hate or in a situation that is life soul draining, first of all, I feel you, I've been there. And, um, it doesn't have to mean that you have to have it all figured out right now. It doesn't have to mean that you have to have a business plan right now or ever. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean you have to blow up your entire life in one day. <laughs> I think there are steps. Quit your job. And yeah, move, right? exactly. You can <laughs> yeah. do that. And some people do, and you know, more power to them. Um, but I think there's also a lot of power in these small steps. And so remembering if you're feeling overwhelmed, because there were so many times when I was like, Oh my God, like there was so much fear and there was so much overwhelm. I mean, it really took me a long time before I, I felt ready to launch. And even when I felt ready. I wasn't really ready. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're never going to feel fully ready, but, um, there is a lot. And so I, I I think that, um, I would really say just continue taking those small steps, you know, like what is the next right step that feels really aligned and it can be really small. And if you're, if you're feeling a lot of fear, small steps are often the best way to start, you know, posting a blog post or, starting that podcast or, you know, even sharing an Instagram caption or, you know, whatever that small thing looks like for you, even talking to someone about your idea. Um, it, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. Um, and, and I would also say again, really tuning in with yourself, but support can be really helpful here. So finding someone who is where you want to be, but again, not someone that you feel like you're, you know, that you're just going to because they have the answers, but really because they have been there 
and they understand where you are and what you're going through. I think that's really powerful too. So if it feels good for you, you know, finding a a coach or a therapist or even a friend, you know, someone you can reach out to who can help, you know, hold space for you. I think that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and that is why coaches exist. And, (laughs) and, uh, there are a lot of shitty ones, but there are a lot of great ones too. (laughs) And it can be so powerful as we were talking again, if it feels aligned, if it feels right for you and you're, you're feeling really grounded in yourself and, but you're knowing you just need that space held for you. Cause that's a really big, thing to realize. And it's a really big kind of transition to make. And there's a lot of fear that comes up and, um, that can be a really beautiful time to also, uh, start just finding your line community even, um, and asking for support in whatever way that looks like and not realizing that you don't have to go through it alone. I love that. I love just that visual of holding space that, it's not like you're going to this guru to tell you all the answers or how to do it. They're just holding this space. I imagine it like a bubble so you can dig and find your own answers. That they're not telling you what the answers are, but they're fostering this environment. Exactly. Exactly. Because sometimes, like you were saying, there can be so much fear that you can't even... That you can't can't get through. Yeah. You you can't see clearly, right? Right. That it's like it's so if you're in that space, that's a really beautiful time to to reach out for help and and have someone hold space for you to help you um again, like you said, kind of really look and and look within and, and and hold space for your own transformation. And so you can find those answers within yourself. And so you can, you know, feel like you're more connected with your intuition a little bit more clearly because it is a process and it is a practice. And so having someone that is a few steps ahead of you, you know, who is not perfect at all and does not have the answers, but who knows how to kind of facilitate your growth and transformation um, when, you know, sometimes you're so stuck in your head or there's so much fear that you're not going to ever make a move. <laughs> that would be the time that it's like, get some support for, for sure. Yeah. And I love your emphasis on the small the small steps and that it's the the tiny things because I think we also have this notion and I know I did too that things are very theatrical right that it's just all gonna happen at once or yeah I'm gonna up and quit my job and tell my boss how much I hate them right and go you know live in some billion dollar you know (laughs) house in the tropics right that it's, uh, I don't know, we're almost conditioned that it has to be big and dramatic and that it does take practice even to start listening to the little inklings. Yeah, it's so much smaller than you think and um, allowing yourself to also really be in your process and not rush it. (laughs) That's another thing that someone can really, who's trained to hold space for that can really help you with and, and that I've had mentors help me with like, Hey, are you rushing this? You know, are you trying to just let's <laughs> hold on? Because I, I have that no. <laughs> for sure to like, be like, I'm blowing it all up, you know? Um, and, and sometimes you just need to like, hold on, just, just slow down and just be in this, you know, uncomfortable space. And so, you know, having someone who is again, like 
can hold space for you while you're in that discomfort. And then you learn how to hold that space for yourself um, is, is really beautiful. Yeah. That limbo, right? Because there's so much to be discovered there, but naturally we don't want to be there. But then when you're out of it, you're ready to grow again and do something different that we're never staying in the same space anyways. But it's so funny how when you're in that discomfort, it's like, oh, I don't want to be here. I know. It's a hard place to be. It really is. And as humans, we we all are just, we want to run from it. It's so natural. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's it's important to have that space where you are learning to sit with that because that's a huge part of entrepreneurship, right? As you know, well, also is that discomfort and, you know, trying things and it not working out and being vulnerable and it, you know, it's just discomfort and unknowns. It's all of that stuff. And so learning much more comfortable with that is so important. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because so much of it is unknown and, you look at sitting here in 2021 and looking at the past year of, well, how much of that last year was known to us ahead of time that, you know, we have this perceived notion that we are in control and we're planning, but no one could have planned for that. And I think it eases, it lets you ease up on your life in general, right? That That it's okay to not always be in control because maybe there's something better and greater for you out there than what you're trying to push and control. <laughs> that is my life. That sums up my yeah. entire life. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I realized, <laughs> oh, all the shit that I'm trying to push and control is not actually what I want. Maybe I should just... <laughs> And it's looking back, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I see that now. It takes a lot of trial and error. Yeah, it (laughs) takes a lot of trial. And so I think I would also say to someone, like, just be so gentle and compassionate with yourself, which I know is easier said than done. But, like, you are going to make mistakes and you're going to try stuff that doesn't feel good. And I've done that so much. And so all the stuff I'm saying to you comes from me literally messing up and failing and doing it, you know, in ways that don't feel good so that I know what that feels like. And sometimes doing that multiple times and not learning, you know, it's like such a, it's not a linear process at all. And um, being gentle with yourself is so important. Thank you, Melina, for coming on and sharing your love and your wisdom. I, I always love our conversations. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I think our listeners will really enjoy listening to your story as well. And just looking at it, not as a prescriptive way of, well, how can I become a successful entrepreneur? But this is a story of how one person trusted and this is where it led her. So you can find your own path by doing the same, not by following her blueprint, yep. but <laughs> by doing what is good for you. And only you know that no one else can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> by trusting your own little voices and whatever they're telling you, not yes. exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Go inside mm-hmm. versus outside for the answers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, tell our listeners, where can they find you if they would like to connect with you and learn more? Yeah, I would love to connect with you if you're feeling resonance. Um, I, you can find me on Instagram at Melina Cheris. Um, I am 
not consistent on there, but I do love it there. <laughs> it's definitely the platform. I am really my only platform I'm on. Um, and then I also have my website, melinacheris.com. So you can find out more about me there and my work. Um, and then I also have a podcast called own your magic. So that is, um, on Spotify and iTunes or, or Apple podcasts and like anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And so I share biweekly there again for my energy (laughs) to save my energy purposes, but I love podcasting and, um, and so, yeah, I, if you are interested in, in, um, that I would be grateful, so grateful to have you, um, listening to my podcast as well, because podcasting is awesome. <laughs> it is. It's a great platform to share your voice and not be restricted or confined. Yes. And have wonderful conversations like this. And Monique has been a guest on my show. So if you want to hear her story, <laughs> you can head on over there. <laughs> yes. The reverse, right? Mm-hmm, you can hear me mm-hmm. be interviewed by Molina. Although it was just like this, it was a beautiful, it was such a natural flowing dialogue, which I love. So yeah. It's just an excuse for us to chat. Exactly. And call it working. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Yeah. This is for our business. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Melina. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would be so grateful if you left a comment, a rating, and shared with anyone that you feel called to. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time, take care, lovelies.